Good evening, Patriots. And it is Tuesday, January 24th in the year 2023. East Coast is now into Wednesday. Halfway through this week, I can't already, I can't believe it already. It's gone so fast. Just the way thing is, things are these days. It's slow and fast, if you haven't noticed. It's like I was just chatting a bit ago. We're on the 24th of January, and I feel like we've already done like three months in this year with all the drama that's been going on. And we're just beginning. So this thing is like really getting crazy. It's going to be a wild year. I've got some stuff to talk about tonight. If you haven't heard the previous hour's show, uh, do listen to it. A great conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers. He's retired Special Forces. And he's been one of the points of the conversation about, uh, he was one of the key voices, I should say, in helping get the vax mandate changed in the new NDAA which is the National Defense Authorization Act, whatever the heck that turns out to be. But anyway, one thing, make sure that you are also keeping your preps up, and that ensures a couple of things. There is a new um, offering. It's really great, great company, and it's underneath. The link is underneath the podcast, and it's and they are Treadlight. And they build broad forks. Now, there's a couple neat things about this. One, this is a small family. I've, I've talked to them. They're great. Um, the guy who designs these actually teaches, I think it's industrial engineering, basically in the high school. He teaches fabrication and so forth for kids in school, which is awesome. And he's he is, um, the broad fork is a way to dig in your beds without having to st- completely till them and mess up everything. I use broad forks on all my double dug beds and I've used his brand. I've used the tread light digging fork for about three years now. Incredible, incredible product, super well designed. If you will, and I highly recommend it for any garden and they've got a bunch of different sizes and it sure as heck takes away the back labor of digging so hard. And I've also now have a bunch of them for, the other property, because eventually we're going to teach classes on that for kids, and these gonna, we're going to use the broad fork as a critical part of it. But anyway, if you go below the podcast, and you'll see the link to Treadlight, and that's uh, T-R-E-A-D-L-I-T-E, Treadlight Broad Forks. You can also just go to the website, treadlightbroadforks.com, I think, and it's uh, and your promo code is BARDS, or you can just use the link and go right there. And... Um, Take a look at their products. I highly recommend them. Great product, great people, really good family. And uh, I just, I love this because this is part of how we're building this breakaway economy, right? So it's good stuff. Other thing is make sure that you're also, and I, I do mean this in it's all seriousness, we, we really do see an unraveling right now of our country. I don't know what this is going to look like. I'm not throwing panic in the air, so don't take it that way. But your personal home defense is your responsibility. And that, that is something just bottom line you have to take care of. And we have the right to self-defense. We have our Second Amendment for a damn good reason. And as you start to see the bigger picture here of what's beginning to unravel, we're starting to realize that a lot of that responsibility is going to fall on us in our communities and in our counties. And this is exactly what some of what uh, Colonel Pete Chambers was talking about earlier. So make sure that you are keeping that defense aspect up and your skills up. And one of those best ways of doing that from a cost-effective point of view with the cost of ammo is to use something like iTarget Pro. 
You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. Yes, you do. So, itargetpro.com, great product and a good way to sit around at night. And you can put up all sorts of whatever posters you want, and you can use that little pointer on there and practice and imagine. <laughs> Let your imagination run free. I'm, and I, I'm just so I'm clear, I'm not in any way suggesting that, and probably it's probably a bad idea to use iTarget Pro and use your main target as a pedophile. It's probably not good, but that might be something you end up doing, just so you know. You know, Patriots, one of the um, tweets that just came up, and I'm hoping to get, this is from Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, MD. She is awesome. She's been a massive voice in along with uh, Colonel Chambers in helping protect our vets. And this tweet was just sent over to me by Colonel Chambers, and, and she put this up here tonight. This has to do with this post right here that Colonel, uh, Colonel, whatever his name is, Austin, Secretary of Defense Austin, has now said that U.S. service members fired for refusing to get the COVID-19 death shot vaccine, it actually doesn't say death shot, but I'm adding that in my words, under Pentagon's mandate are now being forced to pay back recruitment bonuses of up to $7,000. And she wrote, that will boost recruitment, recruiting numbers and reestablish faith and trust in our leadership. Strong work with a squiggly face. In other words, Nice job for screwing it up, Austin. Austin's a dirtbag, just so I say it. I'm not going to cut any slack on that one. And Colonel Chambers wrote this. Lloyd Austin, you, sir, should look forward to a full investigation for crimes against humanity and treason. Should you be found guilty, the full wrath of the republic will be upon you. Should you be found guilty, you will epitomize the enemy's domestic we refer to in the oath. These are great words to start hearing. And it's necessary that we start rekindling the fire. Now, most people that were in the digital army went through taking the oath. And that's, I'm never against that for this, for what we're fighting for. I know that for some people of faith, they found that to be a bit offensive. And I, and in this case, I, I'm not going to get into that discussion. I'm, the oath means something. And the oath means a lot in the sense of what if you take it in the intent of what it should be, which is the protection of a republic and defense of a republic, which was established by the Declaration of Independence with God on the throne. So I, I'm 
I think that's pretty simple and pretty self-explanatory of where the heart of many is. And when we talk about the oath and what we refer to as enemies and what we refer to specifically as enemies domestic, Austin has well fulfilled that mission and that, that title, he earns it and he's worked hard at it. And there will come a time when that accountability will be given and delivered. One of the biggest challenges we have right now in the nation is to realize the magnitude of what this change is. And whether we like it or not, we are a country that has to suffer through a collapse of an infrastructure, a a law system, a legal system, a political system, an education system that has been propped up by the ministers of Babylon. And it has left us without really having any way to go other than to bring this entire system to its knees. I don't look towards seeing people suffer. I think that's that. And to be honest with you, and I'm, I'm just I'm just giving you a personal testimony of who I am. Finding the suffering of innocence it literally almost brings me to tears. I, I hate to see it. And I don't want to see fellow Americans. I don't care who they are. I don't even care if you don't agree with me politically. I don't care if you hate me politically. I don't like to see anybody suffer unwantingly. And I don't like to see, because it's an innocence in here that we have to respect. But when I when you deal with innocence, even if they don't agree, and believe me, Afghanistan was a big eye-opener for me because there was a lot of people that didn't agree with us and didn't like us. But they also weren't political. And what they understood about politics or this world situation was pretty narrow. I remember we went into a village on the eastern side of Afghanistan. It's over in the Zabul province. There's a little fire base that we were working out of called Karne, which will be featured in film too. Hopefully I can get that out this year. And Karne, there's a, there was a, as we drove in, it's an interesting place because there's a lot of the, um, the trees, the people up there are, are short and I'm just, that's just by nature of who they are. There's another, like if you go up to Nuristan, which is way up in the Northeast of Afghanistan, I swear these people are half giant. And I even have pictures of myself with a couple people and they were warlords down in, in Panjue or down in Hillman province and near Panjue. I look like a midget next to these guys. I'm I'm five ten, and they're and I swear they're like six six or six eight, and their hands are like the size of my head. They're huge men, is what I'm saying. And and then you go to this other side, like over in, uh, and you really do see this in Af- in Afghanistan. It's kind of these extremes, and then you go over to Zabul province, and we're in this area where literally everybody's small, and even the trees have been pruned down to where the trees are small. They've been, they're almost like dwarf trees is what they look like. And so a couple of guys went out on, as we came into this area and we were new in the area, two of the guys left and went out on a a two person engagement patrol, which was to go out and just touch base with the local villager. And both of them were about six, two. And I just remember the look on them because they were fully kitted up, had all their helmet, all their gear on. They looked like something that just landed from Mars, I swear. And they're walking on the amongst these trees, and they look like giants themselves. And so when they engaged the village, the villager's first question was this. Are, are you Russian? 
And they're like, no, we're American. And they ask, who's, who's American? Who are you? These people lived, we were up in the edge of the mountains that run between Afghanistan and uh, Pakistan. And I want to say that's Himalayas if my geography's right tonight. And they didn't, there was no radio. There was nothing up there other than amazing skies at night. Like you want to see like stars and pure air and no chemtrails and no clouds and see everything in the sky. That's where it was. But they did not even know that the Russians were no longer in Afghanistan. So, I mean, we're in a world right now that is not nearly as connected as we like to think it is. And I realize that goes back to 2006, but it's still, there's a lot of this that goes on still. People out of touch and disconnected from the realities of what's going on. And we have that problem. So my point of that was it's, it's not about us worrying about the, there's a lot of people out here that are not connected to the main flow of information. I still don't want to see them suffer. That was kind of, I got on a whole rabbit hole on that whole thing, but the point is I don't want to see them suffer, and especially Americans. And that's just something that we're all going to be faced with at one point or another. But there is a lot of this happening. And there's going to be a lot of difficulties because shortages are coming and people are unprepared. Let me just give you an example of how much the narrative has shifted in 24 days and the sort of things we're confronting and facing. There's a publication called IQFY, and its whole theme is to elevate the conversation. It considers itself a lifestyle imprint, whatever the heck that is, that publishes storyful, start smarter content to uplift feminine folks globally. Okay, so you got that. Listen to this headline, and I'm going to read a little bit. The headline on this article is they knew. Why didn't the unvaxxed do more to warn us? I have told you this exact thing was going to happen. And I'm not tooting my horn, but I knew this was going to be one of the backswings of them because this is the counter-narrative now to try to place the blame away from them who knew, who were driving the narrative, or worse, those that were driving the narrative to get vaxxed. They're now realizing this clown show is unraveling. And so it goes on a little bit. The unvaccinated knew that we did what we didn't. Some of them said too little. Most said nothing at all. A lot of blood is now on their hands. I feel like giving them an inventory of shows. It's like, would you like to go back and listen to the inventory of my shows for the last two years and tell me what show didn't talk about the vax? Because I don't think we've had one. And so that's, it's crazy. And so this continues as the world struggles to come to terms with the devastating effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. One question that continues to surface is why the unvaccinated didn't do more to warn us about the potential dangers of being injected. Well, let's see, that might be deplatforming off of Twitter, off of Facebook, off of YouTube it might be the arrogance of the left that was in absolutely certain that no matter what they did, we were wrong and they were right. And this is called chunking on some humble pie. The way I would describe this is this. I think this article is more like a choice 
piece of meat. It's like a bloody raw prime cut. As I read it, this is what it makes me think of as a bloody raw prime cut about two inches thick waiting to be barbecued. And I know that that prime cut is vax-free, grass-fed, and it's been fed on organic corn. It kind of makes me feel good. So that's kind of what that whole article reminds me of because they're, they haven't quite been put on the grill yet, but it's coming. And they're trying to avoid being put on the grill by blaming us. So, And it goes on to say, like, even though they, they knew what we didn't, our blood is now on their hands. Essentially, they're trying to invert a the one very important passage in in scripture and we know what that is watchers on the wall and so they're trying to use that against us yeah it won't work it's a nice try though but it won't work because unlike that we have done our job and unlike what they're trying to say is we did do our job to warn those. And if they didn't hear, then the blood is on their hands, not on ours. Tough red pill to swallow. Sorry, doesn't make you feel good. But at the end of the day, that's what it is. And there is no, and this is, actually, I'll read it right here. I was, I was looking for it as we were talking. Ezekiel 33, 1 to 7. The, world, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land, take a man from among them and make them their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, and he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that people are not warned, and the sword comes down and takes any of them, that person is taken away in in his iniquity. But his blood will be required of the watchman's hand. So you, son of man... I have made a watchman of the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. We gave plenty of warning. Sorry you didn't hear. But life is difficult at times, and that's just what it is. And there's nothing that we can do about it. There's nothing that they can do about it other than now realize that they made a horrible decision, and based on their arrogance, they literally were let to suffer by their own wills. This so much reminds me of Romans 1, 18 to 32, which we will get to in a moment. I want you to hear this piece. This is a four-minute piece from Tucker. I love this pastor. I'm going to try to get him on the show. Um, really, I, he's got a solid message. And I, I'm, I'm highlighting these things because we're really seeing an awakening of a strong voice, which is bringing out the elements of the other side now. And remember, I've talked about the real process that's coming. And that process is going to be one of the five steps of grief. You deal with denial, anger, bargaining, and then you are into depression, and then you're into acceptance. Right now, 
as people are struggling with this injection and the reality of what they've done to themselves, they're in the first three phases, primarily, which is denial, anger, and bargaining. And that that piece over here is in the category of denial. Point the finger somewhere else. You did it, not me. It's not my fault. It was your fault. Anger as well. It's your fault. You should have warned me. This is the brutalness of the sword of, of the sword that comes to the earth because there is an accountability that each one of us has. And unfortunately, we've raised up a mass generation that lacks accountability. And that's that's ending. And the voices that are demanding accountability, just like I spoke of at the beginning with the tweet by Colonel Long, those voices are getting stronger. And they are becoming more bold. And in, as they become more bold, it's going to force the meek, like the weak, not the meek, but the weak, to scramble, to try to make up excuses, to try to throw stones and cast stones. None of it is going to be in effect to us. And the arrogance is going to be their biggest problem. I'm happy to pray for somebody, but ultimately they're going to have to find their way to humble themselves before Christ and to accept and what they did and seek repentance. One more thing on that before I get into this piece by Tucker that had, it's Pastor Vince Everett Ellison, by the way, that we're going to listen to. Um, the one thing that I think it's really important as we pray for people, and it is that component that they must come to Christ, that accountability has to be at the center point of what we're doing to really generate true healing and and. and forgiveness in this culture. Like I said, I'm, I'm, they're not going to be on my heart. They can throw stones at me. They can cast all they want at me and be as angry as they want. And I'll pray for them. But I think we can all agree that there has to be an accountability before Christ and repentance, which leads us to that next piece, which is what I want to drill on just a second. This vax likely has another component, knowing these crazy people and knowing that pharmacia has magic in their way of being a curse. Whether you believe in this or not, I really doesn't even get under my skin because I do, and I think there's a lot to this, especially in the demonic side. And so part of releasing people from the bondage of this vax, I believe there has to be a repentance. And so healing, even if they come up with a cure for this thing or if it becomes a parasitic that you can deal with with antiparasitics to flush yourself, that's kind of... Um, Dr. Merritt's aspect to it, there is a spiritual dimension to everything we're doing right now. And that spiritual dimension is ultimately accountability before God and before Jesus. So if you've taken the vax, I'm not judging you, I'm telling you what I believe. You need to get on your knees and pray like crazy and repent. And it's not just a single thing. I mean, this is like doing you know, like a two, three week, 30 day fast, praying every day for hours before God to repent. You made the decision, not me. And that's a part of getting your soul back in alignment in a proper place with God. My opinion. Take a listen to this. This is Vince Everett Ellison, Pastor Vince Everett Ellison. Picture assessment of the two political parties through a spiritual lens and comes to a bunch of different conclusions. And we thought it'd be interesting to hear some. So here's our conversation with Vince Everett Ellison. If you've been to Sheila Jackson Lee's district in Houston lately, or Selma, Alabama, for example, you will come to a pretty obvious conclusion. 
Democrats care deeply about the people, but not at all about actual people. Selma, Alabama, they never stopped talking about it. But have they done anything to make Selma a decent place or help the people who live there? No, it never occurs to them. Our friend Vince Everett Ellison has just produced a new documentary on this fact. Here's a preview from it. You're voting for a party that tells you they are going to abort children up to the ninth month, castrate little boys and call them little girls, mutilate little girls and cut off their breasts and give them puberty blockers. And you don't think you're going to be held responsible? As we look at the Democratic Party and the chaos that they bring on our community, our young men, our young women, I have to ask you to look at what they've done to us. Look at what they've done to us. Look at what they've done to us. Anybody in the Democratic Party that tells you any different, he's a liar, he's an apostate, he's an affront to God, and he should be rejected by any Christian walking on this earth. And he's inviting you to go to hell with him. Don't go with him. Don't go. The documentary, as you saw, is called Will You Go to Hell For Me? It's out of February 25th at willyougotohellforme.com. Vince Everett Ellison produced that documentary. We're honored to have him join us tonight. Vincent, thank you so much for coming on. So you you grew up in the Delta in a world completely controlled by the Democratic Party. You've made a study of that party, your life's work. What do you conclude in this documentary? Well, Tucker, thanks for having me. And of course. your viewers can go to willyougotohellforme.com and view, that, view the whole trailer and also purchase this video if they're so inclined. Look, this started from a... A, a, a trip my daughter and I had, and we stopped by McDonald's and this lady going to a pro-abortion march uh, asked my daughter to join her because she saw she was black and she thought she was a liberal Democrat. And my daughter very, very nicely said to her, ma'am, I'm a Christian and I vote my values. And that was just so interesting to me because I said, why don't more people say that? I'm a Christian and I vote my values. You know, my last book, 25 Lies, the first lie I wrote about, I said that the Democrat Party tells us that it's only politics, God won't hold you responsible. They, they told America and they told Christians and people of the book that there's some type of severability between your vote and your walk with God. And That's Romans right. 14 and 12 tells us we will stand in front of God and be held accountable for everything that we do in our lives. So now you have Christian people and people of the book voting for a party that uh, last week voted against a law that would mandate that doctors give aid to children that survive abortions. Yeah, they voted to allow children to die. This is a party that uh, 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 allows for and, and, and wants to support nine-month abortion for children. This is a party that believes in this transgender uh, sexual grooming thing to a point where they'll allow well, they want you to uh, uh, castrate little boys and, and, and cut off the breasts of little girls. And, and they're telling people they're not going to be held responsible for this. That is a lie. The Democrat Party is an evil institution. They are controlled by a cabal of perverts, liars, and psychopaths. And if you want to know what evil is, I'll make it easy for you. Anybody that intentionally harms a child, even Jesus Christ, the greatest human being to ever walked this earth, said, if you harm one of these little ones, it is better that a millstone be tied around your neck and you be thrown into the sea. Well, I hope some of these Democrats can swim. Vince Everett Ellison, one of our all-time favorites. Great to see you tonight. Thank you. Congrats on the documentary. 
I hope they can swim too. Like, hope you can tread water really well with the millstone pulling you to the bottom. God's really remaking the church, and I love to see it. It's beautiful. He's bringing up voices. I call him a pastor. I don't know if he's officially a pastor. I just call him a pastor because a man that understands the book and can speak the word like that and speak with God so powerfully in his heart, he's pastoring. So I'm comfortable with that. And the beautiful thing about this is God is raising up so much of his people to speak the truth and to speak into the world and do things, not just stand behind a pulpit, but now get active. He's out here doing a documentary. He's speaking outside of the confines of the walls of the church, and he's bringing that church to life, which is what we have to be doing. It's fantastic. And this is where we're starting to see the awakening really take root. We have a lot of walk to make here. I mean, there's a lot of challenges, no doubt, ahead of us. And this nation's going to have to be restructured. We were built on a foundation of Babylon. You can't have an institution for God built on the rocks of Babylon. It's going to have to come down. And it is coming down. And we don't like the feel of it many times. We don't like to see the sorts of things that we've become comfortable with. One of those is interesting because it usually provokes somewhat a, of a visceral reaction in people is the idea that our military is being shredded and brought to its knees. We grew up with this confidence that we would have a military that would be our wall. They would be our protector. They would be, they would be the ones that no matter what happened, they would make sure that nothing would penetrate. They were the watchers on the wall. They were the the force that would leap out before us. And it gave us an enormous amount of space to do whatever we wanted to do. Now, in World War II, and I've recently, not too long ago, I think it was in Christmas period, I read the, the story of Patton's prayer. And it's an important story because as we get into that, we realize how much the nation was praying and how much Patton trusted in the nation to pray for him and the victory of the soldiers because he saw that much of the hard work was being done by those in the country that were praying. But see, what happened is we built this big military up, the mightiest military in the world, big offensive capabilities, incredible soldiers that could do almost superhuman things. And I really don't exaggerate that. Men that were committed truly with an ideology deep in their heart. But this is what happened back home. And I can tell you this firsthand, there's a lot of faith in soldiers. There's a, the highest order, you heard Colonel Chambers talk about this tonight, the highest order for a warrior is love. Think about that for a minute. The highest order for a warrior is love. And that puts us right in the camp of what I've said so often, that Christ is the greatest warrior to ever walk on the earth. Because he understood the power of love as the most mighty sword to wield. And so we are in a place where the, the soldiers were out fighting and doing a service, sacrificing themselves, and even sacrificing themselves for causes that didn't directly affect the nation, but that were doing to help others rise up. That's a very humbling place when you think about that and you think about the power 
of what that means in terms of commitment to a nation, to go beyond just the nation. Dio preso libre, which is the words for special forces motto, which is to free the oppressed. Because at the soldier's level, there isn't the political confusion or the manipulation that you see at the strategic level. That's where the corruption of money and politics invades into the principles of what we're supposed to be fighting for. But what happened in all this time? A nation went crazy. And I'm going to speak to this just for myself that I can echo many others that feel the same way. We, you come back from war and you look around your country and you're like, what in the hell happened? And you're out here in the front of this, you're detached. It's very, if you have not been on a deployment, it's difficult to express to you how separated you become from culture. You can get news every day. You're still not connected to the heartbeat of the nation. You start to work into a different process because your world is out there. Your world is about coming home alive. Your world is about doing your daily tasks, getting dirty, if, especially if you're outside the wire or outside the main bases. You're out there walking around, taking risks, doing patrols, engaging with people, driving through checkpoints that aren't American checkpoints. You know, dressing local, integrating in with people, talking to people with knowing that if you, something goes wrong, no one's coming to save you. A different world, okay? A different world. And then you come back to your country and you look around and you're like, what the hell? And see, so we can easily point our fingers at the corrupted political system. We can point our fingers at the corrupted election system. But there's a deeper part of that that the nation got very lazy with. They let it go as a nation. And what they did is they walked away from the principles of accountability to God. Things go awry when you start to accept that we're just living for us in a me culture. People start to disengage with their inaction, with their interactions with schools and school boards. So now they get to run amok and do whatever they're doing and your children become programmed and eventually we arrive at this point where not only are they programmed, they're being groomed. And groomed in some areas so extreme that the child now is, has encouragements to go castrate themselves or have their breasts cut off and then they're stuck with that disaster for the rest of their life and that falls on the parents. That's where the blood shall be on their hand. See, people don't like that idea of accountability. Yet when you've deployed and you're a soldier, if you're in a small business, you know what I'm talking about, you have accountability. There's no in-between here. You don't get to slide. And when you're in a combat environment, especially with you're in a outside of the these larger fire bases, when you're in a combat, living in a combat environment or a foreign land working in some sort of version like foreign internal defense or unconventional warfare, your mistakes are not mistakes that get much latitude. A mistake will get you killed. And again, that's hard for a lot of people to, to comprehend because we're living in a society where it's, oh, you made a mistake, big deal. Ah, it's okay. Nobody gets a prize here. Nobody gets first place. Just give them all, give them all a trophy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I know, you know, like you lost $50 billion, FTX. That's ah, okay. It happens. There's no accountability to the lives of the people that... And, that you affect. And so we grew up here and as 
these we've had these foreign wars, in particular Afghanistan since 9-11, which basically was won in two months, just so I'm clear about that. Its final battle was actually in February, ended in February of 2002, which was the Battle of Shaikat Valley, Operation Anaconda. And then we got into the long war. Iraq, and then we started to do nation building, which we suck at, by the way. So all of this concept that we're dealing with here ends up rooting back to a nation where its soldiers class, its class of soldiers, which were the watchers on the wall, did their job. And the nation fell asleep. They got lazy. They got comfortable not having to be accountable to God, not having to pray every day, not having to start living a life accountable through faith. I can go to church on this Sunday and I'm going to miss a couple weeks, but that's okay. I'll get back to it. Everything became kind of like no big deal. The routines broke down. The foundations of what makes a strong nation broke down. And all of that's a a reflection of choice and free will. So we're starting to see again the strong voices of accountability that are coming up. And with that, we see the counter voice, which is like this article I opened with, which was the article at IQF, whatever it is, IQFY, where they're literally saying, ah, it's not my fault. It was them that did it to me. These are your, now you're seeing the true split. This is that true bifurcation happening right here. Those that cannot accept accountability, they will count the stones over there. They belong in the matrix. And then you have this other side of people that are stepping in and realizing that we have strong accountability. This is what the nation needed all along. All this time, whether it's World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Grenada, Panama, countless fire, brush fire wars end up with Afghanistan and Iraq, Iraq, Afghanistan, and Iraq, they're in that order. All of those conflicts that we were engaged in and soldiers were deployed and soldiers injured and soldiers dying and soldiers coming back emotionally racked. The nation didn't do its job as a whole being watchers on the wall. So now when we are in a period of time when we're seeing the military literally being dismantled and it is being dismantled, Whatever we're looking at at the mil- as the military that we know is being dismantled. It is the training levels are low, the morale levels are low, the recruitment levels are way substandard. Soldiers have been injected. Many of them have health complications. Many are dealing with heart issues, brain issues, aneurysms, blood clots, you name it. Pilots are not being able to fly. We're going to see a hemorrhage of pilots coming out of this. It's going to reduce our, our aircraft, our air force down to a 12th, like 12th on the roster of nations. That's how ineffective we're going to be. And we hear a lot of, I hear a lot of like, what are we going to do? We're going to have to do what we were supposed to do all along, man the wall. And it's convenient when you get a narrative like, the Q narrative, it's just like the military is the only way, white hats are in control, all of this stuff. That's convenient because it fills the gap of responsibility. And it's one of the reasons that narrative sticks and it holds because in this digital warrior mode that everybody's in, 
one thing that I will I praise Bards Nation for all the time is there's a digital component and then there's the get the hands dirty real component. And most people in Bards Nation are doing both. And I and I talk to people about this because they're like, well, what's your following like? And I'm like, they're awake, they're engaged, and they're doers. They're not couch sitters. They're not chocolate chip dipped potato chip eaters. Which, by the way, those are really good. I don't know if you've had those like salty chocolate with dark, salty potato chips dipped in dark chocolate. Don't get started on those because you will not, I swear, you will not be able to put the bag down. They are so good. But I digress. So as a nation, we need to see the rise of a new form of voice. We need to see the bold voices like Vince Everett Ellison who has stepped into the role of being a bold pastor. And his, his church is the world. And that's how God's working right now. And it's wonderful to see. And it's happening all over. But don't get uneased, ill at ease, or anxiety-driven because the military is being disassembled. We have a choice. We always do. We have been given the right to bear arms for a very particular reason. I'm not one that looks for a fight. Be clear about this. If you don't figure that out by, from about me by now, you haven't figured me out. The last thing any veteran really wants is to see a domestic fight. Anybody that's trying to tell you otherwise, yeah, whatever. They're blowing a lot of smoke up. And that's distinguish that between are you ready versus do you want, okay? Nobody wants to see that's had real experience in, in a combat conflict. Nobody wants to see a civil war. Nobody wants to see a revolution. Nobody wants to see that sort of thing occur. But like I said at the very beginning of the show, the duty of the responsibility to your household to protect that and to protect it with everything you have is yours. Failure to do so is yours. You fail as the watcher on the wall. And that mentality has to start returning to this nation and getting very bold about that, to be very clear about the lines. And we have to stop worshiping the other agencies and expecting somebody else to do it for us or just trusting them blindly because I've got a badge and a gun. And that's part of this society breaking down and being rebuilt, in my opinion. Kind of the irony of this whole thing is that we're almost at a race to the bottom. The World Economic Forum and the global elites want this nation, need this nation to be completely broken. They need the infrastructure of the military to be gutted because we are the mightiest power on earth. They need the infrastructure of the country to be broken down so people don't have reliable communications. They can't transport themselves around. There's intermittent fuel issues. There's food issues. They're weakened. That's what they're trying to do. And that's part of getting us reformed into a world economic forum model into their one world government. On the other side are the true white hats. That's us. Forget about this elite little group of people living under Cheyenne Mountain or something, whatever the hell they are. I don't even know if they're there. We can We think that there's probably some people there, and we probably have a pretty good idea that there's some stealth operations going around the fringe, but the real taking back of this nation has been, always will be, we the people. 
And so we need to see the same thing. We need to see this nation and all of its infrastructure collapsed. We need this Luciferian Babylonian nightmare that we've been built under fall apart. So we're both racing to the bottom. And the question is, when we get to the bottom, who's going to have the greater momentum, relationship, trust to build us back up? And it's not going to come through fancy phrases like make America great again, America first. It's going to come through substantive things that people can lean on, know that work, and trust in something greater than themselves. And that's only one thing, and that's Jesus. And we start to believe and understand the power of the supernatural God again and start to realize that we're living a life of accountability once again. And we start to realize the origins of what this nation was built on, which was a powerful, bold, strong, and courageous pulpit again. Patriots, I don't care what the WEF, what the globalists, what the elites try to do. They will not be a match for us. I don't care if they try to come in and say, um, I'm sorry, we own that piece of land where all those resources are. We're just going to be like, no, you don't. God owns it. This is God's country. You're not part of that. Get out. So we, we need this system that's collapsing around us is a blessing. And it's one at this time, especially this year in 2023, everything that's been put on my heart by God is be vigilant. Don't waste time. And that means working hard, er, putting more on. And, and sometimes it doesn't even seem fair. I will be honest. It seems like, because <laughs> I had this conversation the other day, I'm like, all right, God, well, um, you want to put more? You want me to do more? It's like, yep. And you have a problem with that? It's like, nope, I sure don't. <laughs> I will not complain, I promise. <laughs> I'm quiet. Done. All right, Lord, you gave me the directions. Move out, move forward. So we are really in a important time to embrace the gift that's before us, to realize that those that are willing to walk in that place of profound accountability, being humbled and accountable to Christ in all that we do, humbled and accountable to Father God, to work and trust in the Holy Spirit and the supernatural God. These are the sorts of things that are going to transform this world in a hand greater than you or I have. And it will accomplish what Christ has told us, that they will do greater works than he. We will be in that place. And so this is really like the walk of the fearless. This is the walk of the Gideon's 300. Are you in or are you going to Remember, those that are worried about their livelihoods were asked to go away. Are you afraid? Yes. Then go back to the village. You know, like, what is it, 20,000 left? It's not a judgment. It's just that they couldn't handle it. But God didn't need the 20,000. He wanted the 300. I don't know how many we get. I'd like to think we have like 3 million like that. Who knows? But this is the year to sort it out, in my opinion. And we're seeing it. We're seeing the strong voices coming up. And we're seeing this momentum shift happening where as we watch that system fall, keep in mind that these big or oafs, oafs, 
that are trying to move this system. And they are. They're they're designing their AIs. They're they're trying to put in their 5G infrastructure. And all that stuff has to be maintained. All that stuff has to be monitored. They're trying to get their security grid put up so we become a bigger prison state. They're trying to build more technologies to surveil and to attack and to kill from afar with ro- robotic systems. Don't let it intimidate you. At the end of the day, every bit of it has a vulnerability. And at the end of the day, every vulnerability can be exploited to bring them to their knees. And the biggest vulnerability they have is they're too stupid to realize that their little G God is a pussy. They try to take on big God and he got his ass kicked and he got thrown down here. And now he's trying to wallow around, trying to figure out what he's going to do and to try to corrupt us. And this is the ultimate end of the game. We are not corruptible if you're standing with Jesus. You're not corruptible. And when you are like that, we will absolutely not lose. It's that simple. So be fearless. And as we are fearless, we will win. Pretty simple, actually. Let's pray. Father, we are blessed with all that you give. Tonight we're going to pray for clarity in the heart and the understanding that we can walk as uncorruptible and that we can walk fearlessly in Christ in this land and not have to fear anything. It's easy if we truly trust in you. And it's time that we do. It's time that we take that step to say, all right, Father, just direct us because we're going to win this thing and start accepting victory instead of questioning whether we will win or how we will win or what it will look like. Who cares? Because we know that through you, whatever that victory is, it is as, as it should be. And we know that with that demands enormous amounts of trust and proper discernment to use our free will appropriately. So, Father, we just pray tonight for all of those that are sitting perhaps on that edge wondering whether they can or if they will or how to get rid of some anxiety or struggling with fear and anxiety. We just pray that it's just cast out. We just denounce it. We cast it out. It's time to accept that people need to accept, Father, and this is really the prayer, to accept the glory and the magnificence in what you gave and put within us. You've told us over 365 times, fear not. It's simple in function, difficult in execution at times because we let Lucifer get into our head and play the games of mental gymnastics. So we pray for that mightiness of the helmet of salvation to surround us and protect us from those thoughts. We pray for the discernment to step before every obstacle in every place and know that we shall overcome. 
We're reminded in Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with the fruits, fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Let us expose them and do so boldly because all that is in darkness shall be brought to light. And as it does, it loses its power. Let us continue to be people of action, not just words. And let us be that shining and powerful light and stand before the world and know that as we stand there, the power and glory of Christ flows through us and draws those around to Christ himself. Let us be humble and yet strong. Let us be meek and let us be mighty. Let us have a loving heart and a forgiving heart, but be warriors in the walk of Christ. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We cannot sit in fear over the shadows that are sitting out here, knowing that we were given authority and dominion over this world. And if we're going to constantly question whether we have dominion, whether we can put up with it, whether we can stand up to this or that, whatever darkness that is, we're not living into that walk in Jesus. We need to be fearless. And fearlessness isn't just words, though it begins that way. It has to be dropped deep within the heart to feel what Father has given us. To walk fearlessly in this world, mightily in this world. Not with arrogance, but with a loving and powerful heart, knowing that what we wield is greater than anything that can be put before us. Because it's truly the sword of the Spirit. And it's the conquering of this world through love. The greatest and highest level of a warrior, to quote Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers earlier tonight, the greatest level, the highest level of a warrior is love. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe to the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel some